It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now. Shop the biggest health and beauty brands in store or online at the lowest prices every day at Chemist Warehouse. Looking through red and black lenses, it's In the Red with Justin Marshall and Ricardo Ball on SENZ. Yeah, this is In the Red on SENZ. Ricardo Ball with you through to 8 o'clock, of course. Uh, in the Red, we're talking Crusaders. And then after uh, 7.30, We've got Peter Alatini in the studio, and we are going to be talking Moana Pacifica. But uh, at the moment, uh, no Justin Marshall. So Marshy was over in Melbourne, or is over in Melbourne, I should say. He's been over for the weekend. He's been calling games over there. But he finds himself, I believe, uh, Ben, he uh, has has found himself at, <clears throat> at, a, at an AFL game with a with an endless bar, by the sounds of things. So uh, he's un, unavailable this evening. Yeah, that's right. He's at the uh, the wonderful MCG with 90,000 people. He was texting me his excitement, but he's there with Stan Sports, so unable to make it. And then as soon as that game's done, he's jumping across the road to Amy Park to watch the Warriors beat the Storm, but that's a conversation for another day. That is, uh, that's a conversation for next Monday is when that's a conversation for. Where's the dedication, Marshy? Where's the dedication to In the Red, the red and black jumper? I'll tell you a man who is dedicated. It's Robert Van Royen from uh, stuff.co.nz. G'day, mate. How are you? G'day, mate. Good, thanks. That's a story. Uh, that's a story. I mean, given the opportunity to talk to me about the Crusaders or uh, going on a um, all-laid-on AFL rugby league trip in Melbourne, I don't know which one you'd prefer. <laughs> oh, look, I'm, uh, look, I'm not surprised Marcy's uh, put the AFL first, to be honest. Yeah, no, fair play to him, fair play to him, mate. I mean, as a, as a diet-in-the-wool uh, Canterbury man and Crusaders fan, uh, and seeing we haven't talked to you for a while, let's just start with an overall look at the season. I mean, how, how, are, you, how are you feeling about the Crusaders and how they're travelling at the moment? Uh, you know, they've they've had, I think, they, you know, their best performance is still way back that Chiefs game, isn't it? You know, yeah. when they went up to Hamilton and bounced back. Uh, and, you know, I think everyone sort of thought, right, they've... Um, They've turned the corner after a because their start before that was a bit sluggish, but then you know they had the unconvincing wins against the Highlanders and uh, Hurricanes, um, and then you know obviously they lost to the Blues and all those mistakes last night. I mean that was um, that sort of I think that would have taken a lot of people to last year when against those Australian teams when they made a meal of a few bonus points down the stretch. Um, but you know every in all the last five years when they've won titles in each of those seasons. Um, Including 2019, they had their patches where they were in the middle of the seasons where they were pretty unconvincing. I mean, 2019 they drew with the Sharks in Christchurch and needed a Mitch Hunt uh, converted try after the whistle. Then they drew with the Stormers, and everyone was thinking, "Oh, gee, this is, you know, this is the end of the Crusaders dynasty." Um, but the, the reality is, they, they know how to time their runs. Uh, they use their squad. And they normally start getting it right when it when it matters. You know, if they're um, playing at home in the playoffs, you know, they're 25 and 0. They've never lost a home playoff game uh, since '96. So you know they they know how to win when it matters. So there's no, there's no real concerns. I would say watching the Crusaders. I mean, you mentioned that they're unconvincing wins at times um, against like the Highlanders and things. It feels like they've probably been roughly. Um, Running at about seventy percent of what I think they're capable of so far this season, is that? Do you think Rays are just getting the, you know, just timing the run as it were, or do you think they're still ironing a few things out? Yeah, no, they're definitely 
it's a bit of both, I and mean, they're definitely still lining a few things out. I mean, their, their line-out in particular is one area that has just been... That hasn't functioned at its usual standard. I mean, a little bit of that is obviously put down to Sam Whitelock missing four weeks, and then you know they had Dunshay and Strange are both. I um, mean, Strange could be back for the playoffs, but uh, Dunshay's out, so they've had to play young guys. Uh, Gallagher and um, Dom Gardner are playing a bit of um, lock, so I mean that's part of that. I mean, yeah, you, I think 70, 70 to seventy-five percent is probably right. I think you're right there, Rick. Um, and, yeah, ironing out a few things. I mean, the discipline's another thing which continues. I mean, especially in early in games. Um, I think four penalties in the first 10 minutes yesterday, that, that's a bit of a concern trend that, um, that they need to set up. Yeah, I mean, because that is something that was bugging them early, wasn't it? I mean, you know, we talked about those games against the Hurricanes and the Highlanders, and even against Moana Pacifica, they they gave up a lot more penalties than, than you'd like. And then they seemed to sort that out, particularly, I think, might have been the game you talked about in Hamilton. I think they only gave away four penalties the entire game. Uh, but it seems to be creeping back in. And, you know, Scotty Barrett's red card and suspension doesn't help. That's right. Yeah, yeah, it was that game, only four. And and, um, and they had a couple of other... I mean, that. that I mean, Razor, he generally likes to aim for single single figure. If you're in a single figure with penalties, you can accept that. I mean, against the Blues last week, they were, I think they were at nine, which isn't bad. Um, yeah, but, I mean, the, the cards are another issue. I mean, you know, last week, obviously, Scott Barrett and, and David Havili, these are captain and vice-captain, yellow and red-carded within five minutes of each other. Mm. Um, yeah, so <laughs> when you talk about leading by example, your leaders, that's, that's, that's not it, is it? No, it's not. And, I mean, there's got to be a little bit of worry, not just for Razor, but for, um, uh, you know, the all-black coaching setup as well because, you know, it's not the first time Scott Barrett's done that. And, it, you know, you you don't get the 20-minute red card at international level. If he does that against Ireland, then we could be on the rack. Mm, yeah, I mean, it was, it was 2019 when he got that red uh, against the Wallabies. Uh, man, Ray was asked about it last week when he when he got the suspension, and he did. Uh, you know, I guess he made it, he did make a fair point when he said that you know since that red, he'd done a lot of work and um, and it'd been pretty clean in terms. I mean, he, yeah, last year he gave away quite a few penalties, but they were infringements. It wasn't high shots and the, the likes. I um, mean, he got that badly wrong last week, and um, yeah, I mean, I still I, I think some people sort of highlighting. You know, calling him a villain and a, a real serial offender. It's, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's two red cards. I mean, if you got another one, you'd probably start thinking that. But it's two over the, you know, the span of three years, so and probably not quite that bad. Maybe not quite that bad. Well, what about the the hooking stocks? Of course, Ricky Jackson's um, been called on the fourth hooker to be used this season. Uh, Shiloh Klein is another one that's serving a suspension for a similar tackle to to Barrett's. Uh, and of course, uh, Brody McAllister, who was so good at the start of the season, blown his calf out. He must be close to coming back. Yeah, yeah, he's an, he's another sort of two roughly two weeks away. Brody Shiloh Klein, he's available. Again, from next week, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they do there. I mean, Ricky Jackson's been—I uh, think I've been quite impressed with him so far. He was quite um, played well for Otago in the NPC last year, and he, he connected on his throws last night when he came on. Um, and yeah, I mean, in terms of—I mean, Cody Taylor certainly isn't playing um, his best rugby at the moment, and, and he'd admit that. I mean, last last year, remember, he just lit up Super Rugby. Um, and I want, you know, I think, and he did admit he was approaching things a bit differently this year. I think it was pretty clear last year he was a house on fire early and then he faded. By the time the international season came along, he almost looked a bit worn out. He um, didn't play as best for the All Blacks. And this, this year, um, he's definitely been, hasn't reached the form he played for the Crusaders last year early on. Um, 
so yeah, we'll see. He'll be worth keeping an eye on Cody in the next, you know, uh, four or five weeks, and then leading into the playoffs to see if he starts building. It will be. Uh, I mean, there's also, you know, we haven't heard much talk about it so far this year, but there are such a thing as All Black minutes. We know that's how the All Blacks like to work, um, you know, and you'd look at Adi Savia for one that the All Blacks would be like, come on, this guy's got to have a, more of a break soon because he's played nearly every game, I think, bar one. And it feels like mm. Cody Taylor out of necessity has been much the same. Um, so, you know, if when, when Shiloh Klein comes back, it yeah, it might be time to give Cody a rest, uh, particularly if, you know, you get to play a couple of the weaker Australian sides. That's right. Yeah, I guess the saviour for, and, and not just Cody Taylor, I mean, the Crusaders all back, is, is they got that, bot, you know, the week with the COVID, uh, mm. the game against the Blues got canned. So, I mean, they were meant to have their bye uh, last week when they actually played the Blues. Um, so I guess that was a little bit, that, that breaks the, their minutes down a bit. But you're right. And it's, I guess the reality, with Scott Parrott being suspended, I mean, Cody Taylor's your, your captain. So I that complicates it a little bit more. Um, but hey, look, Sam Whitelock, I mean, he's your, your prime candidate. I mean, he, he captained the Crusaders a couple of titles before um, Scott Barrett took over. So uh, three titles, I should say. So, um, yeah, they've got plenty of options in, in the captaincy. Uh, if they want to give Cody a break. And, um, you know, Richie Mwanga, I mean, sure, he had that, slot, that extended break, but he's now rattled off five uh, five starts. So, and he had six appearances, came off the bench in his first game back. He's one that potentially, I'd imagine, maybe, I'd, I'd expect him to start against the uh, Waratahs this week, but maybe they'll look at giving Fergus Burke a start uh, against the fourth uh, person this week. Yeah, it could be the go. Uh, actually, because I was going to say, that is another one that uh, I've noticed is that the thing with Richie Mwanga is in recent times, because I guess of the, the games they've had the opposition and the, the fact the games have been close, Fergus Burke hasn't got off the bench a lot of the time, so Richie Mwanga's been playing 80 minutes. That's right, yeah. I mean, yesterday was... Uh, they managed to get Fergus Burke on, and he actually replaced Jack Goodhue yesterday in the 52nd minute, um, played in the midfield, and then when Mawanga went off, Chasey uh, Haki replaced him late in, in the game. But you're right, I mean, it's, Robert, you know, Razor still doesn't trust uh, Fergus Burke to close out a game. Um, you know, I think it was three games in a row, Burke sat on the bench, didn't get off. Ricky Jackson didn't get off a couple of games in a row, so Cody was playing 80. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because... You got to you want to develop a young guy like Burke, but when you've got all these close games, it's um, you know they don't want to pull the trigger. Uh, but yeah, as you say, these Australian games are the ones where they'll do it, and um, they'll probably you know do, as I say they'll start Burke surely in one of the next few weeks. You'd have to think so, mate. You'd have to think so. There's something else that we've seen, of course, in the last week or two is the return of uh, Jack Goodhue, uh, a long overdue and welcome return. And uh, boy, talk about being blessed for midfielders. Goodhue and Enor started uh, uh, yesterday, and they look great. They, they look really good. But then, you know, you've got Harvey, who's been given a rest, and Lester Fyanganuku, who can play there as well. Um, I get, is, it, is it very much horses for courses, see what uh, who they're playing as to what their best midfield pairing is, or do you think they'll just uh, raise or settle on one and just run with that? Yeah, well, I'd say he'll try, he'll try a few things the next uh, few weeks, and then come the playoffs, he'll, he'll settle. It'll be very interesting what he does. I mean, and good here, he was probably the only player, who could, only Crusaders player who could put up his hand and say he didn't make a mistake uh, last night against the Rebels. He was, he was very good in his best game back. 60-odd metres on six carries. Uh, didn't look like he'd, he'd lost any zip. Um, and that knee, you know, his footwork was still there. Um, decision-making, that's what he's you know, renowned for. It's good decision-making. Um, he was very good. Uh, yeah, I mean, what do you 
what, the only one combination we haven't seen yet is, you know, does he try Goodhue at second five and with, with Easter one week? Um, obviously, Goodhue, because he can play 12 and 13, he's got the option of putting Havili at 12 and Goodhue at 13. I mean, the combination, which when Ryan Crotty finished up after 2019, that, you know, the Crusaders' uh, the future at midfield was going to be Goodhue and Enor. Uh, and then Enor got injured. Then Goodhue got injured, uh, and then you know this sort of led to Havili making you know playing twelve and making the All Blacks on the back of it. So yeah, it's going to be interesting how he works those guys. I mean, there's one guy who certainly has struggled to get a look in, and that's uh, Dallas McLeod. Yeah, yeah, he's really struggling, isn't he, on the, on the outside looking in very much. But I mean, mm. the depth is um, fantastic across the uh, across the squad. I mean, the other place to look at is the loose forwards. We haven't touched on that yet. Pablo Matera got a start uh, yesterday with Ethan at six, Ethan Blackadder at seven, and Cullen Grace at eight. And I mean, really, Ethan Blackadder can play any three of those positions. Probably so could Pablo Matera at a, at a stretch. So, um, how do you think um, Razor sees that? loose combo because Tom Sanders has played a lot of games in the seven jersey as well yeah that's uh, I mean it'll be Tom, Tom Christie I think will be back next week uh, they, he, he, did, he had a good deserved week off given the uh, I mean the leading tackler in the competition he's put in some huge minutes um, so look I think look, he'll, he's, gonna, he's no matter what he's number one seven and it was very good there yesterday I think the main I mean Cullen Grace is starting to rack up some minutes so he'll get a chance to rotate him a bit. Pablo's missed a couple of games and, and that was certainly his best game in the Crusaders jersey yesterday. That's sort of the, the Pablo Matera that I think most Kiwis would remember from his time as the, at the Hagiwaris, you know, running out, you know, his physical presence but also his speed, you know, he can run out in the flanks and uh, he's got a bit of an offloading game. Um, so look, I think, you know, he's, Grace is your number one eight and Christie's is, is your primary seven. So it's really, you know, when it comes to choosing the best team, it's going to be between uh, Blackadder and uh, Matera at, at six. And, and whatever way around you, whoever you start, you've got you got a weapon to come off the bench later in the game, which is crucial. And, and there's one other loose forward who hasn't played yet this season who's, you know, a bit of a Jordan Tafur off the bench in recent years, and that's Yoni Havili Talitui. He's, he's been injured. Um, he played for Shirley alongside Jack Goodhue couple of weeks ago and his, his return from injury. He didn't uh, fly over with the Crusaders last week, but uh, Razor did say he'll be joining them on the tour, so expect to see him play in the next four weeks as well. Yeah, well, looking forward to seeing how, how that all plays out, mate. And uh, I mean, the way things have been, uh, how's the Crusaders fan base feeling? I mean, sure, we picked up that that win in Hamilton, but having lost two at home uh, to the Chiefs and the and the Blues, how's, how, how's that gone down in Crusaderland? Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, I mean, as a supporter personally, I sort of have separated myself from being a so-called uh, a fan, of course. I, you know, you try not to take it like that. But, I mean, you still get, you, you have a good sense, don't you, of how it goes. And it's probably a little bit, uh, that Blues game, I think most, a lot, of, uh, a lot of the fans walked away from that and sort of thought, shit, you know, we, we were on the verge of getting pumped here you know, after the red card, and if Bowden Barrett scores that uh, scores that try, but I think um, yeah, it potentially turns into a, a bit of a blowout. Um, but the fact that they got themselves into a position to win it, to have played so poorly um, for for a big chunk of that game, and then you know a lot of them would say, "Hey, two chances got down to the 22, probably should have uh, taken a, a chance there." I think that sort of you know has a lot of them thinking, "Well." get another crack at the Blues, which um, 
I know a lot of people, you know, not just Crusaders Blue fans, would be thinking what a what a heck of a final that would be if there's a rematch between those two teams. You know, I think there's still a lot of confidence. Um, you know, and they have lost one or two games and and just about every year since Razor took over. So it's not it's not a um, it's not a, it's not an abnormality, you know. So um, yeah, I, I think there's still plenty of um, and there's definitely some frustration around those games like yesterday and, and that. But uh, overall, I don't think there'd be much panic. No. No. Okay. Well, that's good to know, mate. Good to know. All right. Well, hey, listen. Thanks for jumping on and and covering for Marshy, mate. Much appreciated. Um, honestly, you're, you're no far more succinct. Um, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, and you haven't said you haven't said boom for nearly enough. Um, but we can we can we can work on that uh, for next time. Uh, but th- keep up the good work at the good press on, yeah. and and stuff.co.nz, mate. Keep going well, and uh, we look forward to the rest of the season. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Rob. Catch you Thank later. you. Uh, Robert Van Roy in there from uh, the press and at stuff.co.nz. Talking Crusaders on In the Red. Yeah, it's 7.21 here on In the Red. Uh, no Marshy this week, uh, so you're flying solo with me. Uh, but I can tell you that the there's some good money um, on the on the Crusaders options at the uh, TAB already. Uh, this is what it looks like. The head-to-head is the Crusaders are paying $1.14 to beat the Waratahs in Sydney. Uh, the Waratahs paying five fifty. The draw thirty one dollars. Um, but the winning team in margin, the Crusaders thirteen plus a dollar fifty two. Quite like that. I think that's uh, that's that's reasonable money too. Crusaders one to twelve is fours. Uh, the draw is thirty ones. If you like the Tars, they're paying seven dollars one to twelve. If you think they can upset the Crusaders, you'd have to say that that's probably um, the one to go for one to twelve. Thirteen plus is fifteen dollars, and the a point start for the game is 12.5 points. That is where we're at on that front. Scott uh, Robertson fronted the media post the win over the Rebels, is what he had to say. We made so many opportunities, we didn't know which one to take. You know, it was, it was just a simple two-on-one. We, we probably complicated a few things where, where more of our mindset was to complete them and put pressure on them straight away, but we kept them in the game. Um, look, the effort, um, spirit, you know, we wanted to play for our mates, didn't we? And just like they fought for your mates in, in the Anzac days, back as soldiers, you know, that's what you had beside you. And uh, we got there in the end. We, the frustration could have got to us, but uh, we kept a clear head. Yeah, I was just going to say, how, how pleasing that frustration didn't get to that team, even though, you know, it was a close margin at half-time, the way they came out in that second quarter. Even yeah. Well, I think they sort of bang-bang after half-time actually went, oh, OK, we're OK now. And, you know, when you sort of keep teams in the game for a period of, of time. You know, they, you know, they've got a couple of easy threes and then that the other try and all of a sudden you're thinking, oh, wow, she's only one score, two score game um, after what all we've done. But look, if you played all, everyone that was out there, the impacts that came on and finished the job beautifully. Cody, the, the Aussie teams have certainly been up for the contest all weekend, really, haven't they? That was, that was no different tonight. Well, would you expect that, I suppose, from this Rebels team to, to really take it there? Yeah, we talked around that. I think, you know, coming here, big week, weekend of rugby, and obviously us being the last game, we sort of expected the Rebels to to come out and fire a few shots and and really sort of bring some physicality. So I think the mindset for us to uh, prepare for that was uh, was good. It just, uh, we probably, yeah, like Ray said, we didn't complete, didn't didn't execute or finish, but still proud of how we came back in that second Mm. half. Rosen, for you looking to make some sort of statement tonight coming off that loss uh, to the Blues? Was that sort of that feed into this 
Uh, look, the stats off after the Blues game were awesome, like the effort and the, the, the amount of um, you know, courageous plays that we made. Um, so it's more, more for us just to keep trusting ourselves um, and just to be obsessed and doing little things extremely well. Uh, and then, like I said, the frustration of not probably doing the little things well could have crept in, but uh, the only thing is those last couple of tries, wasn't it? those are the ones we sort of, they slipped into the end, that's the, that's the tough bit for us. We were, we were going to be quite ruthless around uh, finishing games. And uh, you got a couple of guys back, um, so Sam uh, got through the whole, yeah. uh, whole game, you must be pleased with that. Or he can still run with a broken finger, can't you? So he'd done plenty of that over the last four weeks. And, and it just showed, you know, like he's, he's experienced straight into a great level of, of footy. Does some great things out there. Look, he's, he's a world-class lock who, who leads extremely well. So it's great to have him out, you know, after it's, um, Scott Barrett being out. And I'm just really proud of Zach Gillard. Another great performance with and Dom Gardner, who's a bit of a hybrid six lock. Um, showed a bit of class out there, didn't he? Mm. Yeah. And you've got a word for uh, Pat Lowe, so he hasn't... Uh, necessarily played long minutes this year, but um, how do you think he went for that? Oh, some of his touches are incredible, and obviously that full pass he could have tightened up after giving that first one, but he didn't, just his hit and spin, and I'm not sure about the kick, I'll have a chat to him about that, but he he just knows his way around the field. Um, he's an instinctive player that gets bounces of the ball and just play, gets in the right place, so, you know, like... He's, he's getting a bit of rhythm with us, you know, it takes time. Scott, can you tell us a little bit about your relationship with Craig Bellamy? Well, Craig's trying to sign Richie Mwanga <laughs> and exchange him for Cam Munster, but I don't know if we could handle Cam. <laughs> um, and with the salary caps and what Richie's probably going to get paid, I don't know if they could, could do that deal. No, jokes aside, they're just a real great club. We've had a one year we used them as our theme. Um, Pippa Rain and with a lot of their trademarks and um, standards or behaviours that they use are really well aligned. So we, yeah, we do a lot of work with them and um, it's a great relationship, isn't it? Yeah, good club. Great club. What did you make of the training session today? Did you, you today? Yeah, we took, um, look, it was a captain's run. You know, we went into a couple of meetings and uh, it was good. It's different. Um, they show a few more clips than us. They talk through the game a little bit more in depth and we're, we probably give ownership to the players a little bit more about what they think and start to own the game at the end of the week but it's great it's just a different way of doing it there's no right way it's just a way and you always learn little bits of little bits along the way but a goal to pick up mm. he seems to be uh, a student as well before nothing goes off to other sporting organizations and that yeah. and you sort of share that same philosophy yeah yeah Yep, yeah, yeah, because you get in your own four walls a lot, and you, you what you do, you, um, you get used to, and each year you've got to get find a way to get better, and um, you know when you go to other teams, that you might, like I said, you only might get one or two little things that sort of credit, might tweak some of your philosophy stuff, or, or be a really big idea that you know you're going to run with. So, you, you, when other people do it, then you share those experiences, you, you get the best out of it. Oh, Pat, <laughs> got a good hairdresser, isn't he? Yeah, it's set up. Um, yeah, we had Dave Havili and uh, Will Jordan spent a couple of days with them as well this week. Um, they were they were just blown away. Both sides, eh? There was a great experience for them. 
Might do a swap at pre-season just to keep teams fr players fresh, you know. Yeah. Cody, how important is the start a four-week road trip around Australia with a, a win like that? That must really lift the spirits when you, you know you're going to be on the road for a few weeks. Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot of excitement around being on tour. Um, yeah, it's been pretty limited, I suppose, the last couple of years. And uh, I think Ray was stoked with the draw when we got 23 days in Oz because we get to go to Coogee and, <laughs> and then Perth. So, um, yeah. But hey, in all seriousness, I think, um, like Ray said, we really want to hone in on our skill sets. And, yeah. you know, we've talked around that and probably tonight it wasn't, what we want to be doing but uh you know we can build on that and then we know when we get home it's going to be totally different rugby so yeah so cody taylor and uh scott robertson there at the press conference after the big win over the rebels yesterday in melbourne that is in the red for this week when we come back peter alatini's in the hot seat and we're going to be talking with moana pacifica when making the double chicken deluxe at maccas we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender aussie chicken with cheese tomato and aioli so we doubled it. Chicken and Maccas, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.